We presented our sharpened strategy earlier this year. Always safe, high value and low carbon. Technology and innovation will be important enablers. Today, I'll be talking to Elisabeth Birkeland Kvalheim, Statoil's Chief Technology Officer and Head of Research and Technology. I am Hans Jakob Hegge, the Chief Financial Officer in Statoil, and this is the CFO podcast Behind Our Numbers. Welcome, Elisabeth. Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. So it's been five years since last time we updated our technology strategy. Why was the timing right now? The world has changed. We are facing much more challenges than we used to. And we also have a new sharpened strategy for the company. And that highlights the importance of uh, safe operations, high value and lower carbon emission. And the previous technology strategy didn't address that at all. So um, what's new in this new technology strategy? This new technology strategy is divided into five strategic directions. And all the five strategic directions are cross-discipline by nature. In addition, two out of five address the need for new technologies to reduce emissions and technologies to be able to grow a renewable portfolio. And in addition, there are two key enablers. Innovation goes through all the five of them. And of course, digitalization, the big buzzword. Good to know. So innovation will be key, a value chain perspective and collaboration across disciplines. There is a cultural element which is uh, important too, and that's further building a culture that drives innovation. I think we need to broaden innovation. Historically, we have a very good reputation related to technology development and innovation in the technology segment, but that has been related to big new tasks, solving big tasks for big projects. Now we need innovation in the organization. Uh, We are working on lower margins and we need to do things differently. So lower margins and profitability, does that add uh a specific challenge to the technology strategy? I I think we we need to be better at utilizing less resources and get get more money for less. So so in a way, the technologies we're working on now are more in the segment of increased safety, reduce emission, but also get more volumes out of our fields with less investment. Because with a low oil price, we need a lower break-even to be able to sanction projects at all. And when you look upon our discovery rates now, it's one-tenth of what it used to be. So, so the projects we are developing now are smaller. So technology development has always been a core part of Statoil right from the very start. And I would say we also spend a, a quite a big chunk of money on this, 2.6 billion Norwegian kroner per year or this year. and we collaborate with different institutions and companies to come up with smart solutions for the future. Could you explain where do we spend our money? As you said, we have a budget of 2.6 billion NOC, and that has been fairly stable for the last five years. Uh, Of that 2.6 billion, 1.8 billion is sliding scale funding, and those money need to be spent on research related 
to the Norwegian continental shelf. That's a requirement from the Norwegian government. Uh, and of course, we are not spending this money alone. We are collaborating with academia, with research institutions, with vendors and other operators. So at the moment, we spend approximately 40 to 50% of the money externally. Uh, but there are large differences between the different disciplines. So in the drilling and well area, we spend approximately 70% externally. The real value in technology lies in the implementation when we start to use it to create additional value and the scalability of it. Uh, we have had some good examples in the past. Which are the ones you want to highlight? Uh, there is an excellent example related to fast model update. It's the technology developed internally in Statoil together with academia and vendors. And that technology enables us to update our subsurface models within weeks instead of years, as it used to be. And then we can plan our wells really good because we are able to utilize the latest data, meaning we can increase our production rates from each well. And that means that we can drain the fields with lower number of wells. Another important technology is automation in drilling operations. The research environment has been working on this for 10 years, so it takes time. Uh, but now we are in the process of testing specific equipment on rigs in operations. So we are testing equipment in the Barents Sea as we speak. And the reason why I think this is so important is that it has a large potential to increase safety and drilling operations, but of course also increase efficiency. How would you describe the balance between focus on, on oil and gas and, and renewables in this uh, new strategy? I mean, most people work with uh, the old uh, oil and gas still, right? The most challenging tasks are related to oil and gas. And the biggest business case on the technology side is definitely on the oil and gas side. Subsurface is key and the business case there are enormous. So in a way, on the renewable side, I think we are more in the face of building competence and finding good partners to collaborate with to decrease the cost of especially wind parks. Let's dive more into that. I mean, two of the five strategic directions in the new technology strategy address the need to reduce carbon emissions, uh, low carbon solutions for oil and gas, uh, developing renewable energy opportunities. If we start with our oil and gas development projects, compressors offshore play an important role. Yes, they contribute with close to 80% of our emissions today. So of course, new technology that enable us to reduce emissions in our operations is key. But this is an area where we collaborate closely with the vendors. Uh, and of course, we are also looking upon possibilities to fuel these turbine machineries with different fuels. It would be excellent if we are able to utilize hydrogen, for example. Uh, but electrification is also important because it is technically feasible to electrify some of our offshore installations today, but it's too expensive. So, so we need to work on technologies that enable us to reduce cost related to electrification. And long term, we need to work on value chains related to carbon capture usage and storage and of course hydrogen. What about the profitability? Do we see that we are able to reduce emissions while increasing the profitability of our business? Yes. And at yes. the moment, we are working on a lot of exciting new concepts. 
smaller installations, remotely operated with less facility equipment. That means reduced cost, reduced emission and increased income for the company. Good to hear. And uh, as we are also building an industrial and profitable position within the renewable energy, we have already taken a considerable position in offshore wind. And as we have said to our investors, we intend to grow further if the profitable opportunities are there. Uh, Elizabeth, how does your organization contribute to profitable growth within renewables? Uh, the renewable area is quite challenging at the moment because the prices are falling, the subsidies are disappearing and the margins are really small. So what we are doing at the moment is utilizing the core competence from our oil and gas uh, part of the business to see how we can optimize these wind parks, how we can run them as energy efficient as possible and how we can actually operate them as efficient as possible. So, so it's a lot about software technologies on to understand how they actually run. Uh, going further on, I don't think we should take a stake in developing new turbines. I think that is done very well by the vendors. Uh, but in the future, we need bigger turbines to be competitive in this market. And as you said, we need profit on these projects as well. So we are working closely with others and very actively to reduce the carbon emissions in our oil and gas business uh, to further develop a profitable industrial position within renewables. But um, the new te technology strategy also addresses increasing the value of our existing oil and gas portfolio from which we are producing already. Uh, what are the most important elements here, you think? Definitely prolong the lifetime of existing installations. Uh, we need to make sure that we have technical integrity, but to prolong the lifetime, we need to understand the physics. It's about materials, it's, it's about lifetime, it's about a lot of technical issues. But there is a large potential for us to utilize that infrastructure as efficient as possible going further. And of course, subsurface is key. Uh, the money is in the ground, uh, so the, the better we understand the subsurface, the more oil we will discover and the better recovery rates we will achieve on our fields. And of course, as I said earlier, I strongly believe that we need to move from big manned installations to more remotely operated installations, and maybe in the future also unmanned facilities. That's very exciting, I think. And um, the scalability and uh, uh, application of that could potentially have a big impact, no doubt. So uh, before we round off, uh, where can we expect to see the biggest impact from technology development short term? and Longer term, what could potentially be the big game changers? I strongly believe short term digitalization within the subsurface has a large potential. Um, in the long term, I think we need to work hard on technology to be able to grow a renewable portfolio. Uh, we don't know what kind of technologies, but that will be a task we need to solve. And of course, as I said earlier, more energy efficient solutions for future projects. Great, Elizabeth. Uh, you have a cool title, Chief Technology Officer. Um, what is the most fun part with your job? Learning something new every day. Great. Thank you, Elizabeth, uh, for coming to my studio. It's been a pleasure talking to you and 
thank you for, to all the listeners for listening in.